0: Yeah, so we we are back on our look series. We are back. Good look um, this morning after a brief um, a brief break uh, because of Easters. So I understand that you guys were with Hope Church, um, and then after that we had the series, this, the sex and gender series. Um, there was a lot of conversations around that, and I hope you guys had conversations as well. So. But I want to begin this morning by, by just, as we are worshiping, I heard this word. Um, God says, uh, Paul says to the Ephesians, um, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses all knowledge. That you, may, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I don't know. Uh, when I was growing up, imagine I still struggle with this. When I was growing up, I had a problem explaining myself, like drawing someone a picture. Like, what was going on? So if you ask me what was going on, you are not there. You wanted to give me a mental picture, and I struggled with that, because I felt that people couldn't comprehend what I was saying. So, always get frustrated. This person is not getting me. I'm trying to communicate, but it's not getting me. And that's what Paul is saying here to the Ephesians. Paul is saying to the Ephesians that one of his prayers is that they may comprehend. The word to comprehend is like to understand, to grasp. And understand it. And he says, I want you to understand the breadth, the depth, and the, the depth of the love of God. Its breadth is the. Because he's saying to them, that is going to change your life. Once you understand how God really, really loves you. How deep God loves you. That he gave his one and only son. I don't think your life should be the same. Your life will never be the same. The way you conduct yourself, the way you think, your self-confidence should not be the same. Because it's marked by the fact that you are loved by the love of God. And you you understand that we are changed, Anzee. Because you have that knowledge inside of you, you become this different person. So that's what Paul is saying, that I pray that you may not just hear, but also comprehend, grasp the love of God and to understand the Ubun understand Because we have this enemy that comes and distort us and tells us, "You know what? God doesn't love you. I think God doesn't love you. He's not answering your prayers. He's delaying your prayers. And then what happens in that moment? Notice again, and we forget that our Father really, really loves us. So that's my prayer this morning, that even if in the preach today, above all, you're going to hear a lot of things, but you may understand the love of God, that behind the message today, there is a God that loves you with a love that cannot be measured, right? So can I pray for us before we begin? Father, in the name of Jesus I, I just pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray, Lord, that as Paul said, that we may comprehend, we may understand, my Lord, how deep is your love for us. And I know, Father, once we get that, once we understand how much you love us, everything about us is going to change, my God. I just pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ that, that may, they themselves may comprehend this type of love that you have. Towards us, I pray for that. Even in this message, let that echo, my God, that there's a there's a God that loves each and every one of us and wants the best for us. In Jesus' name, Amen. So this morning we are in Luke 13. So if you have a Bible there, we are in Luke uh, 13, verse 18 to 35. Luke 13, verse um, 18 to 35. So I'm going, to read, I'm going to read here. So, verse 18. He said, therefore, what is, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it to? What, to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard. Let me repeat again. It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field and sowed in his garden. And it grew and became a tree. And the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And again he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like a leaven that a woman took and hid three measures of flour until uh, it was all leavened." Then he continues, he went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? and he said to them strive to enter through the narrow door for i tell you for i tell you many will seek to enter and will not be able when one when once the master of the house has risen and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying lord open to us then he will answer you i do not know where you come from Then you'll begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence. And you taught in our streets. But you will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. And in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you yourselves are cast out. And people will come from the east and west and from the north and south. And recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. Verse 31. At that very hour, some Pharisee came to him and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go my way today and tomorrow, and the following day, for I cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it! How often will I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing! Behold. Your house is forsaken, and I tell you not. And I tell you, will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So it's quite a very, very long text, right? But we are going to try to break it down. So, so what's happening here is that uh, Jesus Christ is making an example about what the kingdom of God is. right? So he's making an example because now the kingdom of God is starting to grow. This thing called the kingdom of God is starting to grow. And it's, it's, it's begin to gain momentum and opposition at the same time. So Jesus explains what the kingdom of God is. So Jesus uses two examples there. Which is, uh, I, I always find it very, very interesting that Jesus, whenever Jesus spoke, this, this is how I read my Bible. Whenever Jesus spoke, I, I pause and I ask myself a question. Why did Jesus say this? So Jesus could have used any example to define the kingdom of God. He could have used gold. He could have said the kingdom of God is like a gold. He could have said the kingdom of God is like a tree. He could have said the kingdom of God is like many things. But Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Now, if you, if you, if you, the question there is, why did Jesus say that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed? So, he uses two examples. He uses number one. He uses the example of the mustard seed so what happens when we plant a mustard seed is that it's the smallest of seeds. It's very small. Mustard seed is very, very small. Uh, I think he knows. a farmer. He will have more idea. So when I Google it, it's like 0.1 inch. It's so small. It's something that is, Jesus uses examples about things that people don't care about. You know, he doesn't use the example that things that will get people going and excited. He uses the example of the things that people despise. So he takes this thing that is small and he says, this is what the kingdom of, of, of God is like. And he doesn't use things that are, are attention-grabbing. As I've said, he could have said that the kingdom of God is like a gold. And everybody would be like, wow. But Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And people have, I'm sure people were thinking, like, Does it doesn't make any sense. But that's what Jesus used. So what happens is that Jesus is describing This this thing about the kingdom of God. That it is like this mustard seed that you plant in the ground, right? So, there's this idea about the kingdom of God. And the idea is that you and I are living in between, sort of like the fulfillment of the kingdom. So, we are heading towards the fulfillment of the kingdom. And also, we are living in between because Jesus came and preached about the kingdom and casted out demons and healed people but then he left and then so now we live in between the, 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 the fulfillment of the kingdom of god in between that so jesus uses that to explain like, like a mustard seed he used the example of the mustard seed he says like a mustard seed that you put on the ground right you put down the ground and then what happens you cover it and then Imbeu goes into this phase Niasmus goes to this phase with it, it dies on the ground, and then it starts to grow while it's there on the ground. But the, the most amazing thing about that is that when that process is happening, you don't see it outside, like you don't see. If you plant a seed now, you don't wake up tomorrow and see what's going on. So Jesus says that that's what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a seed that you are planting now. But while the process is going on there, you don't see what's happening. And just because you don't see what's happening, it doesn't mean that there is nothing that's not going on. There is something that is going on. So one of the things I think that Jesus was, was trying to, you know, put in people's minds, and I think today can be an encouragement for us, people who are in between the kingdom of God, is the fact that whenever we deal with people, whenever we're in the church, and we are, I'll make an example, whenever I disciple someone, sometimes we we get frustrated, we feel that our efforts, my efforts, I'm I'm talking to this person, I'm sharing the word of God with this person, but they don't seem to understand, or they don't seem to grow, right? Because as a church, I think this is one of our biggest sins, as a church we have fallen into this mentality of wanting perfect people, right? We want people already, they are matured in their faith, already they are matured in their spirit, they are ready to serve. Right? We don't want that work of Muntu who's just, who's just coming and is a mess. It, it takes a long time and, and we get that person, we lead that person into baptism, we lead that person to Christ and those efforts of, of this person is sinning, you, you are trying to bring them back into the Lord. So Jesus is speaking about all of those efforts. Jesus says all of those efforts are like the seed that we are planting inside of people even though today you may not see what you want, even though today you may not see if you are walking with someone, if you are discipling someone, even if you are praying, even though today you may not see the the, the exact picture that you want to see. But it doesn't mean that your words are falling to the ground. It doesn't mean that your efforts are falling to the ground. It doesn't mean if you are a community group leader and you are sending messages, you know how it is. You send messages and abandon reply, Right? send messages to people and nobody replies for some weird reasons and nobody replies. and I can feel very frustrating. I know it feels it very frustrating. They don't reply. And sometimes you see the person apostate into after took too many message. It's like bro I just what about and then as of figure half past six I I can't make it to community group. The community is starting at half past six. 20 past six that I can't make it to Group. And the level of frustration is like, oh, what am I doing here? Right? But Jesus says that actually all of those efforts are not falling to the ground. All of those efforts in the kingdom of God are like the seed that you are planting. So though, as long as the seed is there, we don't see what's happening inside. But it doesn't mean that nothing is happening. There is something that is happening there. So the encouragement, Jesus was encouraging the people, those who are in the kingdom of God, that even though you don't see, even though it may take time for the plant or for the seed to grow, but the seed will eventually grow. That person that you are working with, that, that community group member that doesn't reply to messages, one day there will come a time that that person will reply to messages. What is needed, Jesus says, what is needed is, is patience. When you plant a seed, you don't wake up in the morning and do harm. You need to wait. You need patience. You need to persevere. Because Jesus says that seed, that is like the kingdom of God, one day is going to grow and it's going to become this mighty tree that is going to bear so much fruit. So the the encouragement of Jesus is that even though we don't see what's going on, but you have to be patient and you have to persevere. And I was thinking while preparing this message that you are working with someone. You are a community group member. You are a leader somewhere. And sometimes you can feel that, geez, things are not working out. What am I doing here? And sometimes the delay between the growth of the seed and its, and its growth into your tree, there is that delay. And Jesus says, you need to be patient. You need to know that the seed is growing. So be very, very patient. So sometimes we pray and you don't see uh, prayers being answered. What happens? You start to feel, God, what's going on? But just because prayers are not being answered or you are not seeing the results of your prayer, it doesn't mean that there is nothing that's not happening. There is something that is happening. But maybe you don't see it with your physical eyes. What you need to do, Jesus says, you need to be patient. You need to have the mind of the kingdom of God. Just like the seed. So, every time you walk with someone today, every time you talk to someone today, every time you are inviting your friend, that unsafe friend of yours, whenever you feel like losing your frustration, whenever you feel like losing it towards them because you've been, invite, you've been inviting them and in Abazi, today you have to remember that that invitation is like the seed that you are planting. So, just because they say no today, it doesn't mean they won't come. There will be a day that that, person, that seed is going to grow and that person is going to come. That's an encouragement for us as a church that we should have this mentality. Even when we disciple people, we shouldn't wait for people who are perfect. We shouldn't wait for people who are already done. We should be encouraged in, in, in working with people, in finding people who are not perfect, but in, in just walking with them with this mentality that today, one day, the seeds that I'm planting in this person are going to grow. Right? We should be, people who are speaking into people. I don't know if you understand that. We should be speaking into people. Even though today but speaking to them. Like speak. Say to that person, you know what? In you I see a great believer. Tell them one day, what you're going. even when they just mess up, tell them one day you're going to make a great believer. Speak. Because that seed is going to grow. Speak to speak that word. That person is messing up. They don't answer your calls. They don't. But speak into them, right? That's the mentality that Jesus Christ is given to us. And the second example that Jesus gives, gives us the example of a yeast. Uh, he uses a yeast. It doesn't just focus on the yeast itself, but focuses on the transformation that the yeast brings. Now, if 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 you know if if Koko most of us will bake here. So you know that when you put it dry yeast, the dry yeast will, will, will go inside of the into It will go inside of the dough. But you don't see what's going on there. And then after a certain time, that yeast will, in time it will, it just, that that's small, and then it just goes. And, and that's what Jesus says to the people. He says that, be like the yeast, that the kingdom of God. Let us, let us be shaped by how the kingdom of God is like. Think of the yeast that you are planting. Think of the effect that you are having on people. Think of, of, of the words, the, the, the power of the words that, that you are planting in people's lives. So today you may not see it. You may not, you may not, but something is happening there. Right? So that's what Jesus Christ is saying. So I believe Jesus is saying this to shape our perspective in regards in our efforts in the kingdom of God. See, Jesus knows that you and I are humans and we get very discouraged when we don't see results and when we don't see things happening. And Jesus knows that you and I, as I've said, Jesus knows that you and I, we, are easily, we easily get discouraged. So if we don't see things happening, if we don't see stuff happening, we can easily get discouraged and think nothing is happening. But Jesus says today, be shaped by what the kingdom of God is like. It is like the seed and it is like the east. And just because you don't see nothing happening with your physical eyes, it doesn't mean that there is nothing that's not going on there. There is something that is going on there. And one of, one of the examples that Paul gives the believers, he says to them, you are farmers. One of the examples that he gives, he gives them the example of a farmer. Now, if you are, if you are, if you are someone like me who doesn't have patience, you are not going to make a great farmer. A farmer, one of the best things about a farmer is that he needs to be patient. Because after you have planted the seed, you need to wait. There are stages. There are stages. So that's what Jesus is saying. Your efforts, be like a farmer. Your efforts, be it be walking with someone, talking with someone, or just us as a church today, we may see this empty seat and think, God, when are our church is going to get full. But it will get full. Just because we see this today, it doesn't mean like that. There will come a time that the kingdom of God will be fully multiplied there will come a time that the kingdom of God will be like that small dough that one day is going to bear much fruit. So, he says this, uh, to some of us, those who come, uh, some of us, those uh, challenges um, comes in the form of unanswered prayers. Or it could be that you're working with someone in discipleship and you just feel that your efforts aren't going far. I don't know if you ever heard that. You're working with someone to your own frustration and one of the phrases that the bible used to describe believers is one of a farmer you see a farmer when he holds a seed he doesn't see a seed but he sees the potential of a seed when we truly understand how the kingdom of god works we see the potential of what others could be so when we when that's what jesus is saying when when we understand how the kingdom of god works As I made an example here, we don't see others who they are, but we see the potential of what they could be, right? We see that person that today is coming for the very first time. We see potential in people because we understand that that is the kingdom of God. So in verse 22, Jesus brings this picture that as much as the kingdom of God is huge and large, yet at the same time, it has this narrow door. And this one entrance that is open for a limited time. So Jesus said, uh, the kingdom of God is huge. And it's like this tree that's going to grow and be big. But in verse 22, someone comes to Jesus and says, Okay, if, if you claim that you are part of this great kingdom, then why most people are not coming? Why people are not, you know, like Abanam food to come in this kingdom of yours? But Jesus says, answers him and says, you strive to enter through the narrow door. So Jesus Christ switches the conversation. I don't know if you have noticed that about Jesus. He doesn't talk about other people. He takes the conversation, he brings it back to you. So when that person comes and says, "What, what about others? Jesus says, don't worry about others. You strive to enter through the narrow door. You strive to see the truth. If others are not accepting what I'm saying, you accept what I'm saying and you enter through the narrow door. So Jesus paints this kingdom. He changes and he paints this kingdom into this kingdom that is huge and large, this big, big house. But at the same time, it has a very, very narrow door, which is very confusing because you think that it will be this big thing and then it has this big door for everybody to come. But Jesus says, "Christ, no, even though the kingdom is huge, even though the kingdom is large, but it has this very, very narrow door. Now, if you if you give a bit of example now, back in those days in Jerusalem in Jesus' time, uh, to protect themselves, to protect a city against other nations, they would build a city and then they would build a wall around it. There was a wall to protect the people inside. And then there was one gate. And then that gate in the morning, it would be Vula. They would open the gate for people to go out and do whatever they had to do. But then there was a certain time that that gate would be closed. And if it happens that that time that the gate is closed, you're outside, that was your own business. You couldn't come in because you coming in meant that you could invite enemies to come in also. So that, that's the idea that Jesus Christ is, being, is bringing towards the kingdom of God. That though this kingdom is huge, but it has this one limited door that is open for a very, very short time. Right? This door is open for a very, very short time. And of course, that door is Jesus Christ. In the book of John, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So as much as the kingdom of God is also huge and large, but it it gives us an opportunity, it gives everyone an opportunity to, to come inside. But Jesus also says that there will be a time that the door is going to be shut. This one narrow door is going to be shut. And whoever finds themselves outside, it will not because it will not be because they were not given an opportunity to come inside. They were given an opportunity through the form of salvation, because as we live today, salvation, as we heard to Sister Francine, salvation is freely available to all. So there is there is nothing that is blocking us. There is nothing that is blocking you. There is no church. There is nothing that is blocking us from us receiving our salvation. Salvation is the grace of God into us. There is, there is no requirement. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to do anything. But Jesus says, as much as it is free, but also we must be very careful that there will come a time that the door is going to be shut. And when we knock on that door and find it shut, we knock on it. The one inside will say, I don't know who you are. I don't know you. Why? Because we had an opportunity to enter through the narrow door but we didn't do that. Right? So that's the idea that Jesus Christ is bringing. And I remember I was sharing a message on Good Friday. And I was saying that we live in this world. Uh, this world makes us feel that you have all the time in the world to do whatever you want. I don't know if you feel that. In the world, there is, there is never an, a sense of agency. There's never a sense of let's do this right now. And in the world, there's always, oh, no, there is tomorrow you're going to do it again. And if you don't do it tomorrow, don't worry, next week you're going to do it again. If you don't do it next week, next month you're going to do it again. There are people right now who are already saying that, right? The year has just began now, but there are already people who are taking stuff and throwing it to the next year. Because that's how the world is. The world makes us think that we have so much time, but not Jesus. Jesus brings a sense of agency. He brings a sense of agency in the kingdom of God. That even though the door is a door of grace, even though salvation is, a, is freely given to us, but if we have the mentality of the world, then one day we will find, unexpectedly we will find the door shut and there's going to be, Jesus said, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because we thought that we had all the time in the world. Right? And, and I was saying that, and I, and I always bring this sense of agents whenever I prepare a message, that if there's anything to do in the presence of God, it is right now, today. There is no tomorrow. There is no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to accept Jesus Christ tomorrow. Accept Jesus Christ right now. That is the opportunity that God is giving to you. Right now, in this moment, as you are hearing this message, consider it the grace of God that is freely given to you. Now the challenge there is that we don't know when the door is going to be shut. We don't have the date or the hour that the door is going to be shut. And any time the door could be, could be shut. And Jesus says, people are going to shout, but we, but you were teaching in our, we we're eating with you, and we we're teaching in, our, in your presence. But Jesus says, I never knew you. Now who are those types of people? Jesus is not talking about unbelievers. Jesus is talking about us. Because we are the ones who are eating with Jesus. We are the ones who are singing in the presence of God. But at the same time, as believers, I always find that we don't have a sense of agency about our salvation. We always feel that, "Ah, I will do it tomorrow. But Jesus says, we must strive to make sure that today is the day that we are going to find our way to the narrow door. And for me personally, I consider it, I would consider it reckless for you to even leave the door. You know, people think there are dangerous things. People fear guns and, and accidents. Listen, if, if, if there is anything that I fear, is for me to fall and die without Christ. I fear that. I fear that more than, more than anything, right? People today fear guns. People today fear Amapara. People today fear a lot of things. But do you fear the fact that? If you could die today, you may not see Jesus. Is that something that is right there? Is that your biggest thing that is right there? And, the, and of course, the, 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 the intention of the message is not to scare you, to make you to be paranoid. But I think the intention of the message is love and grace. That today, through Jesus, we have the gift of salvation. We have the door that is open to us. And The best thing we could do today is to respond by putting our faith to Jesus and accepting him as Lord and Savior of our life. So, in verse 31 to 35, someone comes to Jesus and warns him and says to Jesus, Pharaoh is coming for you. Someone comes and says to Jesus, well, Pharaoh is looking for you. While Jesus is preaching and teaching, someone comes and says, Pharaoh is looking for you, he wants to kill you. But you would think that Jesus Christ will, will, would go into a panic mode and, and think, your oh, Pharaoh is going to kill me. Because Pharaoh, we, we learned earlier on when he began, Pharaoh killed John. So now, Pharaoh has this, rep- I mean, Herod has this reputation of killing, uh, uh, of killing John. So you think that when Jesus hears that Herod wants to kill you, then he would panic. But Jesus Christ doesn't do, doesn't do that. Jesus Christ knew that his life and his mission to spread the kingdom of God was in uh, in God's control. That even his death was not something that was out of his control. That even as he goes to Jerusalem and knows that he's going to die there, he's going to to be scorned there, he's going to be facing all these things, but Jesus Christ, uh, he's doing that at the timetable of God. He knows that God has me in mind. He knows that God is firmly in control. And he knows that the mandate of the kingdom of God is not going to be stopped by you, Herod. Herod won't stop what God has started. That's the confidence that Jesus says. So he, he explains that to someone who comes to him. He says to him, go tell you, go tell Herod, that tomorrow I'm going to be here preaching. Go tell him again that the next week I'm going to be here preaching. And the day after, because Jesus knew that the, the mandate of the kingdom of God did, did not depend on Herod. It depended on God himself. It was working in the timetable of God. So Jesus doesn't fall into panic. But his family tells, go and tell him that tomorrow I'm going to be here casting out demons. Go tell him that I'm going to be here again preaching the kingdom of God until I go to the cross. But Jesus Christ was telling Herod and was telling the Pharisees that whatever I am doing, the mandate of the kingdom of God is working because God allows it. And it will stop because God allows it stop. And I think that should be an encouragement for us as people who are living in the kingdom of God, that even though the world is upside down, right? The politics of our country should not dictate how we spread the kingdom of God. It should not be your, oh, uh, there's, there's too much law shedding, therefore, it's not the right time to talk about Christ. It should not be that way. The politics of life, the politics that are happening out there should not dictate what should happen. Rather, whatever happens there should not affect, affect the mandate of the kingdom of God. Even our own feelings, you know, even how I feel, should not affect the mandate of the kingdom of God. Jesus did not want, I believe that Jesus didn't want to go to Jerusalem, but because that was the will of God for him to go to Jerusalem. Jesus took his feelings and put them aside and went to Jerusalem because that's what God wanted. And I often feel that sometimes we, as Christians, we struggle with this. We want to put our feelings I had a But that's not what Jesus did. Jesus acknowledged, I feel that, maybe I don't want to go to Jerusalem. In, 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 in a couple of verses, he laments Jerusalem. He, he, he describes Jerusalem as a place that kills prophets. Because Jerusalem was a very, very difficult place to preach. Whoever was preaching there could be killed. So Jesus laments out of his feelings of the fact that I don't laugh. I don't, I don't want to go to Jerusalem. Dear God, I don't want to go to Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem is this place that kills prophets. Is this place that has people who don't, who don't care about you. But at the same time, Jesus takes his feelings aside and he pushes forward with the mandate of the kingdom of God. And I think that should be the, the mentality that we have. That the kingdom of God must rise above everything else. If we are people, if we are believers, who call ourselves the children of God, we have to shape by the fact that it's like a mustard seed that grows, it's like a yeast that has the power to bring this great effect, but at the same time, the kingdom of God needs to spread, it needs to move forward. And there is nothing that should stop the growth of that kingdom, even our own feelings, right? So Jesus shows us, uh, Jesus never paints a rosy picture about the growth of the kingdom of God. Jesus shows us that though victory and growth is certain, but will never come without its own challenges. It didn't do so for Jesus, and it will be the same for us. So when Jesus laments Jerusalem, he doesn't paint a beautiful picture. and I I love the honesty of Jesus. Jesus never paints us following him. As, as, as we are going to have everything that we want. All of our prayers are going to be answered. Whenever we cry, God's going to come running. That's not the pain that Jesus, that's not the picture that Jesus Christ gives us. Jesus doesn't give us his picture that because we believe in him, we are not going to face challenges. We are not going to face problems. We are not going to face persecution. Jesus doesn't give us his picture, but rather Jesus gives us a picture of a growing kingdom, but as much as it is growing, his kingdom is facing opposition at all sides. There are challenges at all sides of the growth of this kingdom. Herod wants to stop Jesus. The Pharisees wants to stop Jesus. So if that happens to Jesus, it will also happen to us today. Therefore, we should not be surprised as believers when we face challenges. I, I'm always amazed by believers who, who always cry, I'm facing a challenge. That is expected of us. That should be expected of us. There should come a time where challenges no longer face you. Right? There should come a time where problems no longer face you. Because you know that that's what Jesus went through. And if Jesus couldn't escape that, then we won't escape that as well. We won't. There should come a time that at your work or at school, wherever you are, when people shut their ears, this shouldn't surprise you. Because that's what they did to Jesus. And if they did it to Jesus, they'll also do it unto us. And that's what I love about Jesus. He doesn't paint this beautiful picture. What Jesus tells us is that, yes, victory is for sure. Growth is guaranteed. But it's not going to be easy. There will come a time that we have to pass through challenges in order to see the growth and in order to see the victory of the kingdom of God. There will come a time that we'll have to say no to our feelings. There will come a time where we'll have to take my feelings and put my feelings aside. Because the kingdom at that moment The kingdom of God needs to move forward. There will come a time where the kingdom of God will need to go to people. It will need to go, I will have to go and and share or I have to go and talk about Christ to people that I don't love. Now, should the kingdom of God stop because, no, my feelings shouldn't stop that. If the kingdom of God says, go and speak to Mbongelen, even though Mbongelen, ah, but if God says to me, go and speak to Mbongelene, I have to put my feelings aside and I have to go and share the message of the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus Christ is showing us this morning. And uh, I, I have, I was, I'm in a trio, and every morning I drive with someone to the train. and I was sharing my own challenges. And I was saying to him, Yo, I, was, I always thought that following Jesus was going to be hard. I knew that it was going to be hard. But I never thought that it was going to get this difficult. And I really I opened my heart. I said, I never thought that it was going to get this difficult. I knew that it was going to be hard. I knew there were times that challenges are going to come. I knew that there were times that people are not going to listen. But I also did not know that they, we are going to talk to our brothers and sisters and be misunderstood. I also didn't expect that, geez, you're going, you're going to share and people will. I didn't expect that one day I'm going to. WhatsApp someone who's a believer in Christ and I'm to message you. Right? Uh, this is what blows my mind. Like, oh, how come this is happening? Right? This always blows my mind. I, I never, when, when, I, when I took my cross, I never thought about it. I never thought there would be a time i will be frustrated because a brother or a sister in Christ what's I come to the meeting and they don't answer back. I'm like, oh. I never thought that would frustrate me. But this is this what's going on. Sometimes we send and people don't reply. Sometimes you, you are excited about Christ. I, I told them that sometimes I'm disappointed because, you know, I'm excited about Christ. And then you go to people and people are like, ah, you know, I'm not as excited as you are. And you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> you're excited about Christ. Come on, let's go, you know, you know, let's go there. Let's do this. You, you, you want to, you want to, you know, let's do this. And people are like, ah, I'm not there yet. Like, I don't feel like doing it. It always put that step in your heart like, "Ah." Oh. But that's not what I was prepared for. And it always gets to my heart. I don't know if it's my pride or my ego, but it always gets to me like, wow. Oh. I never expected this. I always expected that the greatest resistance would be there outside. But sometimes like,, we are facing these challenges. And Jesus faced the same thing as well. But what Jesus says to us is that we must be determined. We must have this determination that even though things are happening, but we have to go. We have to have this faith that the kingdom of God is going to bear fruits. Even though we don't see today the seed, even though we don't see the yeast, but things are going to happen. Eventually, this kingdom of God is going to be, is going to be fulfilled. So, to finish, what are our biggest takeaways from this message? So if I can give you some takeaways from this message, it will be number one, the effect of the kingdom of god though being invisible in the eye but will be eventually seen like a mustard seed or a yeast uh, a yeast that has effect and has power to change anything so jesus number one gives us this picture of two things the seed and the master uh, the, the, the seed and the yeast and he says that even though these two things we don't see how they work but they are working so our application oh the biggest thing we can take away today, the first thing is that the, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is like a yeast. And just because I don't see what's happening, just because I'm talking to somebody and they're not replying, it doesn't mean it's not working. It is working. We need to be persistent and we need to continue. The seed is there. The yeast is there. It's going to bear fruit. Be persistent and be patient. And number two, Jesus says that we have this great offer of salvation that is freely available but one day that offer will expire. And Jesus uses two things. Jesus uses the door, the narrow door, and says that this door is open. And even though this door is open, but one day this door is going to be shut. Therefore, you and I have to have this agency and have to have this knowledge, even as people that live in the kingdom of God, that if we are to have salvation If we are to get our salvation, it is today, it's not tomorrow. And as we take this message to other people, we should have this in mind. That the offer of salvation is freely available today. And we know that one day it will be shut. So there is no time for tomorrow. There must be this agency of we live in a time where we live in a kingdom that has a narrow door. Therefore, today it's available, but tomorrow we don't know what may happen. Third one is this. While the rejection comes with unpleasant consequences, but Jesus says the, the eternal, the reward is eternal. So people will reject the kingdom of God, that's what Jesus says. And Jesus says those who reject the kingdom of God, what's their destiny? Their destiny is that they're going to be outside where there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this is a very, very gloomy picture. But Jesus says yet at the same time, the reward is eternal. Those who enter to the narrow door, have this great joy of spending the rest of their eternal life with their Lord in forever kingdom that cannot be taken away from them. And the last point is that threats cannot stop the agenda of God. Therefore, don't be discouraged. So as we live in the kingdom of God and as we share the kingdom of God, as believers in the kingdom of God, we have to know as much as the kingdom of God is growing, it will not be without its challenges. Therefore, it should, our feelings or whatever is happening outside of us, it shouldn't dictate and it will never stop the growth of the kingdom of God. Therefore, whatever happens outside should not affect how we view and how we do things for the kingdom of God. And that's, what, that's the message that Jesus Christ brings to us this morning. That this kingdom it's like a seed. This kingdom, it is like a yeast. So we should always, all the time, know that we live in this big kingdom. Yet at the same time, it has this narrow door, and the offer of salvation is freely available to all of us. And I want to pray for that as I finish this morning. I want to land communion. I see there is communion there. That this morning we may really rethink our lives. Maybe some of us. Really need to change the way that we think towards the kingdom of God. Maybe for some of us it is just the encouragement of walking with people, of discipling people. I know that it is that's that's the message for me this morning. That as I walk with people, as I disciple with people, people may not be what I want, but I should not stop talking. I should not be discouraged when I don't see things happening. And maybe today the greatest encouragement is that an opportunity to enter to this narrow door an opportunity to rise up and take this offer of salvation for yourself for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ so please um, we're going to make your way there to the table